What is up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this podcast once again. This is the Ignite.Church Answers podcast, a podcast that goes deeper discussions that go beyond a Sunday morning sermon. Um, Our guest for this episode is John Trombley, who's one of the elders at Ignite Church. Welcome, John. Well, well, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. It's it's a pleasure, and... uh... You know, Craig, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to having the conversation. Sweet, sweet. So again, my name is Craig, and I'll be helping guide all these conversations through each of our episodes. And the episode this month is going to be focusing on marriage and singleness in the church, and I know John is a really great resource in our church when it comes to this kind of topic. Um, him and his wife are actually the teachers of one of the life courses at Ignite Church, and this course is called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk or a Jerkette, and it is for college and high school students um, so if you are of that age range and you're looking for some, uh, you know, maybe relationship advice or just ways to kind of navigate this church and you navigate your relationships that aren't with Jesus, you know, just really looking to find someone maybe. I don't know. So John's going to talk a little bit more about that um, uh, near the end of the episode. Um, but first off, as I like to always do, we're going to get to know John a little bit better with some icebreaker questions. Um, so just a really quick synopsis, John, to get to know you a little bit better. When did you become a follower of Jesus? Okay. I appreciate that question. It was <laughs> July 3rd, shortly after midnight, uh, July 3rd, 1983. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You want some more on that? Well, I, <laughs> I could do another uh, no, no. with your whole story if you want. Yeah, but, no, but it was really cool. Huh? Yeah, it was really cool because my wife and I accepted Christ together. Oh. Uh, we were at a, uh, a camp out in Anchorage, Alaska with about 400 of our friends uh, <laughs> because we were all in, in, in business together. And, and this was uh, the holiday weekend, Fourth of July weekend was traditionally the time when we'd all get together and um, just have a great time. And, and somebody else shared Christ with us that night. And uh, yeah, there's a long story behind there. But shortly after midnight, July 3rd, 1983, we said yes to Jesus. Awesome. That's really cool. So I'm definitely going to want a, a mm-hmm. more in-depth uh, story for uh, at a later time. But sure. So another question I have, um, so I know a little bit about your background and being a, a pilot for the, for the National Guard and whatnot, but how many countries have you been to? Have you kept count? I think 30. 30 countries. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That doesn't include, you know, like Minnesota, which sometimes is kind oh. of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're our own country yeah. in the frozen tundra, but uh, that is awesome. So um, once again, uh, this episode is going to be focusing on marriage and singleness in the church and mm-hmm. just whatever status you find <clears throat> yourself in, how you can kind of navigate the waters and not to feel pressured one way or the other and just kind of trying to make sure everyone's realizing no way is better or worse than the other. It's just kind of where we find ourselves and how we can maybe better navigate the the situations we find ourselves in um, when it comes to that. So to start off, um, can we kind of lay a groundwork of a definition of what marriage is and why God created it? Oh, you be- that's, that's not a simple question, but it <laughs> is simple. Um, first of all, if you were to look up the definition of marriage in like Webster's or something like that, you'd find something pretty generic, mm-hmm. uh, some agreement, uh, you know, for partnership or what have you. Here's the way God defines marriage. He defines marriage as a covenant relationship between one man and one woman, 
period, dot. <laughs> you know, uh, and he makes that, that very clear. And he did that because marriage is supposed to be and is, first and foremost, a reflection of the relationship between Christ and his church. Okay, so if you know Christian marriage, and by the way, whether you're a Christian, an atheist, uh, whether you live in this country or you know someplace else, uh, you know the the idea of marriage. Understand this: it was not man's idea. This was a God idea. Mm-hmm. He he created it. Okay, you you could say he invented marriage, sure. and uh, because he is the one who instituted marriage, he is in fact the one who decided what the rules were going to be about marriage and what was acceptable and what wasn't. And strangely enough, up until this time in our nation's history and the world history, uh, you know, that's been pretty well understood. With, with you know, Even if you weren't a, a, a Christian or a believer, you, know, you understood that there was something, pre, something pretty special about the marriage relationship mm-hmm. that was different from you and your best friend. Right. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons why marriage exists, but first and foremost, it's to be that reflection of Christ in the church. We can go into more detail if you want, but yeah, no, sure. That's no, that's a great. That's a kind of a, just a really good baseline for for people to to follow along. And I like that you mentioned that it's you know on dictionary.com mm-hmm. or the Bible, you're going to find two very different mm-hmm. you know definitions of what marriage is because there's definitely different viewpoints on you know regular kind of oh, society sure. if you're not a yeah. christian and then if you and then if you are so that mm-hmm. um really making it a, a sacred covenant bond like you said so um another question did god create marriage for us all to experience it <laughs> okay so there are a lot of folks who are seeing in fact paul said hey you know it's better that you don't get married you know mm-hmm. but hey if you need to get married then go ahead and do yeah. that i mean technically jesus <clears> was <throat> Not a married man. No, he his, wasn't. Right. And uh, so, you know, but here's, here's the way I'm going to answer that question. Whether you're married or not, or whether you ever will be or not, you are going to be affected by marriage. Sure. Okay? It's, it's, that, one, it's that one special relationship that defines a culture, if you will. It's within the family that that we are who we are mm-hmm. and as we as we're you know you can't go through life even as a single person without being affected by this idea of marriage mm-hmm. okay now if you know for for the single person you know the the question might be well gee was um what does that mean as far as my relationships are concerned and i would say this you know uh jesus our creator through whom and by whom everything was made, um, is very, he's, he's fully sufficient as our partner. Obviously, we're not sure. talking about some weird, you know, kind of perverted kind of thing here. We're talking about, you know, for the, for the fatherless, for the, for the widow, for the widower, Jesus is sufficient to meet those needs mm-hmm. for those relationships. And yet he created us as relational beings. Mm-hmm. And he put us in, 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 in families. He put us in, put us in communities of relationship. So, so you're saying he can, he can really fulfill that relationship hole that anyone might be feeling, like you said, yeah. someone who's missing a father, someone who's lost their mother, someone who is looking for a best friend, someone Absolutely. who's you know, looking... For, for mm-hmm. better guidance from yeah. uh, from some you know somewhere yeah. else, so that's a that's a really you know great you know reminder for sure that Jesus can fulfill 
whatever relationship yeah. hole you kind of find yourself, yeah. um, you know, missing in your life. And I do like that you said that we are, um, you know, relational beings. You know, we really, really crave community mm-hmm. and connection mm-hmm. with people. So, um, so yeah, if you, if I didn't know if you were going to continue on on answering that question, I just wanted uh, to- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could ramble on. Trust <laughs> sure. me. Uh, you know, I think of uh, some of the folks I've known uh, who who have been single for life, and and who have a vibrant strong relationship with Christ. Uh, and and for those people who who were called to singleness, um, they they took that energy, they took the focus and put it on Jesus and said, Lord, what do you want me to do and how do you want to use me? Now married couples can do that and should do that as well. But I you know it's it's a different call, it's a different mission mm-hmm. than for a married couple. But it's no less powerful, no less significant, no less important in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, we were talking about people looking for different relationships that, that mm-hmm. Jesus can potentially fulfill. So what are some words of wisdom or reminders to those who find themselves that are um, single or maybe just kind of missing that relationship that they need in their life? And they're trying to navigate that, you know, specifically when it comes to finding a spot in the church, you know, what are some words of wisdom or mm. reminders that people yeah. like that can can take away. It's three words come to mind. Pray, hear, obey. Okay. Fo. <laughs> P-H-O. Uh, pray, ask God for direction, wisdom, discernment, and so forth. Ask him, you know, to show you what it is that he has in mind for you, what what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. Listen. You gotta be quiet and listen. Hear his voice. And then whatever he tells you, obey that. Not say, oh, I I don't like that idea. I I think we ought to negotiate this. You know, know, pray, hear, obey. When we do that, we're in his will, and we're going to find fulfillment there. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter where you go, those three words, wherever you find yourself in life, pray, hear his voice, and obey. Great words of wisdom, and it's only three, so it's really easy to to remember. <laughs> and I tried to come up with that the yeah, acronym, the, acronym, the the FO thing. Yeah, sure. I, that's what is it? Vietnamese super something. Yeah, fo, I think fa, it's pronounced. Fa. Okay, well, yeah. okay. If that helps, it, great. I'm, I'm going with the I'm going with the FO because <laughs> sure. I can remember the O. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, especially kind of in today's society, marriage really seems to be almost the the natural path that a lot of people, maybe the mm-hmm. majority of people, end up going down. Sure. Um, especially you know in our part of the country in Upper Midwest, you know that just kind of seems to be the the thing you do, quote unquote. Sure. Um, so, how can those who are remaining single, you know, find a place in the church to maximize their impact to glorify God if they're not going to be in a marriage where? Mm-hmm that relationship between a husband and wife is the reflection of Jesus and his church, you know, that makes a really big, profound impact. There's also a lot of pressure on married couples to to try to exemplify that as best that they can. Sure. So, you know, how is a, a single person, you know, feeling maybe pressure to find a wife or a husband? Yeah, because that's the normal thing to do. Yeah, yeah. right, quote-unquote. But, um, but then also maybe to not necessarily feeling the pressure to have this perfect relationship that exactly mm-hmm. mirrors God in the church you yeah. know so how can how can they maximize their impact in their in their single lives with maybe some extra free time <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to phone <laughs> seriously uh, you know the really important things in life are simple but the simple things are hard to do 
Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we try to overcomplicate things. We try to to make mountains out of we in fact are are superb at making mountains out of molehills. Yeah. God didn't mean the, the uh, his plan to be you know complex. Um, you know, the way to salvation is not is not confusing, but it is absolutely perplexing to folks who just think there's got to be some other way. There's got it's got to be harder than this. What's you the know? catch? What's you know? the catch? Yeah. Um, so again, I'm going to go back to pray, hear, and obey. So let's let's, let's come up with a scenario of church. I'm just I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. Sure, right? great. That's how I'm, we do it. I'm, I'm not on instruments right now. I'm just <laughs> got to give it a wing. But let's say that you know you you find yourself going to a church, and you let's say you knew. Okay, you're single. You don't know anybody. Uh, well, the first thing we're gonna—I I would encourage you to do—is you know find a church that fits your DNA, so to speak. Find some place where you're gonna get fed. Okay, mm-hmm. and it needs to be the Word of God. You need to know that hey, this is life-giving. Okay, now typically, generally, usually, normally, somebody walks in the door, and if you know if they have the attitude, hey, I, I need to get fed, they come in and just hey, feed me, Seymour, mm. <laughs> feed me. <laughs> You know, but after a while, you get kind of fat. So you need to be able to give out as well. So I would say, look around. Who is it that I can connect with? You know, who is that I can say hi to? Begin to yeah. make, you know, develop relationships. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, um, you know, again, it's no, it's, for some folks, it's more difficult, obviously, than others. But just to say hi to somebody, say, hi, I'm new here. You know, tell me a little bit about this church, and, you know, I'd like to get to know you. So begin to develop those kinds of relationships and look for a place to serve. Mm-hmm. Look, my goodness, every church that I know of that has any life in it at all has opportunities to serve. Yeah. More often than not, they're saying, hey, please, yes, <laughs> over right. here, please, we need help. Right. You know, um, So find a place to kind of plug in. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a church say, uh, no volunteers needed. <laughs> yeah. We're we, all set, folks. We, we don't need any more help of you. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, again, get plugged in. You know, begin to give out. And uh, when, when we give out, here's an interesting thing. People who give out and who, who invest in the lives of people around them, strangely, aren't the ones who get depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are giving out, we're doing something that, that really God has called us to do. It's a natural thing in, yeah. in that sense. And when we are focusing on meeting the needs of other people, there's joy that comes with that. I mean, that's excitement. I got to tell you, one of the things I enjoy here most, and I, 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 I enjoy my my role uh, being chairman of the board here, the elder board. I consider that an incredible honor uh, and a blessing. But I got to tell you what I really, I'm starting to get excited here, okay? One of the things I really get excited about is being on on prayer team on Sunday morning and have somebody come down and ask for prayer. Oh, man, that just turns me on. I mean, (laughs) and if that doesn't turn you on, maybe you ain't got no switches. But to be able to (laughs) to partner with somebody to see their prayer needs being met, you know, so that's, that's just one of the ways we give out. My wife and I have been... In marriage ministry for thirty years now. Yeah. Um, at at the time, I was still uh, I was still flying airplanes and uh, having a great time doing that. Uh, 
praise God, you know, I, I had a career where I got to, I got to do something that I, th- I I didn't have to lament your Sunday night. Oh, I got to get up tomorrow morning and yeah. go to work. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a that was a, that would be a depressing thought for me. But for almost thirty years of my life, wearing an Air Force blue uniform and and getting to fly for most of those years. Um, you know, if if I had to be up at three o'clock in the morning to go, I, I I had no problem with that. You know, yeah. Go to bed at midnight, get up at three, hit the bricks, and that night I'd be having dinner in some restaurant in you know foreign country maybe. But it was exciting. It was life giving. It was passionate yeah. about those kinds of things, yeah. and it's that same passion, that same excitement that I feel when we, my wife and I, have been able to give out into other couples, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class or teaching a a marriage course outside the church or doing uh, coaching, you know, couples coaching or yeah. premarital coaching. Um, yeah, giving out. Is yeah. life giving? When we give out and feel that kind of life, we're going to want more. We get hungry for more, yeah. and suddenly the things that we deal with—not that they've disappeared—they just kind of fade a little bit. You know the, yeah. you know because when, you know the selfish view of it kind of begins to die, I guess. And um, and so back to your, trying to answer your original question, yeah. you know, get plugged in, serve. Give your life out to other people. And you know what? Here's the fun thing. You know, if if, if being married and being in a, in a permanent, loving, lifelong relationship is something that's the desire of your heart, don't you know that God knows that? Mm-hmm, right. Don't you know that he wants that for you more than you want it for yourself? Yeah. Okay. But we need to also allow him to orchestrate that, to organize things, to put things in order. And, and so that, in fact, we don't get ahead of him. And the saddest thing that my wife and I have seen and, and dealt with for years is people who got married because they were excited, it was an emotional thing, or you know, they had gotten hooked on each other. Uh, oftentimes, honestly, by premarital sex. And, uh, you know, that has a way of clouding good judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, you know, realizing we're, we're not particularly compatible. Yeah. And if we really knew each other, we probably wouldn't have married each other. <laughs> and then we got to deal with the carnage of some of those things later. Yeah, sure. So take your time, pray, hear, and obey. God has a way of bringing things together surprisingly mm-hmm. well. <laughs> and and have patience in that, because sometimes mm-hmm. those plants uh, take longer than we want them to. Yes. I know everyone's got a story about patience, for sure. And um, I want it now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, no, this question is kind of similar to the last one, but it's kind of more focused on um, feeling, you know, some of those outside pressures. I know, mm. you know, maybe even it's pressure to, you know, from a church asking, hey, hey, we need help, we need volunteers, you know, sometimes that can get a little bit daunting as well, you know, mm-hmm. and then trying to find a spot where where they're going to volunteer. Is it using their musical gifts? Is it using uh, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. gifts to greet people? Is yeah. it just, you know, back of house type of stuff and helping set up but not necessarily being sure. out amongst the crowd, you know, whatever whatever it might be. There's a lot of different areas to serve, but, um, you know, specifically just feeling the pressures to, to go down a certain path and maybe maybe the <laughs> path is 
the pressure to stay single mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. even though marriage might be part of God's plan for you, yeah. but but you're feeling you know a pressure to to stay single when you want to be married. You know, so there's all these different kinds of pressures that people are starting you know yeah. or that can they they can feel. So how can we try to remove those pressures and where can people look to find that peace to to yeah. to, rem, to try to remove mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. pressures and kind of yeah. just you know, feel more at peace with mm-hmm, their life and how mm-hmm, they can navigate yeah. this. Do I stay single? Do I start a relationship? Do I Whatever. get married? Sure. You know? yeah, there's yeah. all, all it, kinds of different avenues. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we're going to approach this in a, in, a, in a broad sense, kind of as the question was asked, but a couple thoughts come to mind. Um, and let me put it this way. Um, a lot of folks... And it seems in this part of the country, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I've interviewed a lot of people, and what I have found is that a lot of folks, and maybe it's, again, maybe it is this part of the country, maybe it's the cultural heritage, whatever, but maybe it's just human beings. A lot of folks want to accommodate other folks, you know. Um, or avoid uncomfortable conversations, um, you know. And and uh, I'm going to take it back to about 30 years ago. Okay. And uh, if my wife were here, she could tell you the story a lot better. Okay. Um, but uh, there was there was a time when she was just very 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 busy. Okay, uh, we were at a point where she didn't have to work outside the home, but I was flying a lot. I was gone a lot, uh, coming and going. Obviously, she's raising kids, right? But she was very, uh, she enjoyed giving, and, and what I mean by that, serving volunteerism and and projects and blah 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 blah. And uh, and I remember, I was listening to her one night, and she was. So frustrated, got all these things that people expecting her to do, blah, blah, blah. And I, I finally I'd had it. I said, I, I said, no more. I said, here's what you're going to do. And I know I was on thin ice here. <laughs> I said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to write down the list of all the things that you're doing and all the folks that have asked you to do those things. And you are going to pick up the phone and you're going to call each one and you're going to tell them that you're not going to be able to do that. I wow. can't do that. I said, yes, you will. <laughs> I was going, oh, God, please don't let her kill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but we, it, was, it was a some we called them board meetings. <laughs> okay. It was somewhat heated discussion. But she did that. She sat down, and she had about 10 items on her list. And she picked up the first, you know, picked up the phone. Back in those days, it was either a push button or a literal dial. And <laughs> and I remember, you know, here's stretching the cord out, you know, to the mm. other room so I couldn't hear the conversation <laughs> kind of thing. But the big fear for her was that somebody would judge her for backing out of a commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And the first person that she talked to, oh, hey, Debbie, I understand. You know what? That's okay. I, I fully understand. Great. Thanks for calling. What? You know what's that? Picks up the phone. Second call. Basically, all of the contacts said the same thing. Wow. Hey, we get it. 
You know, it's okay if you say no. We understand. And it was like new life. Yeah. You know, suddenly she felt free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here's what I'm getting to. Oftentimes we feel pressured by other people's expectations. Yeah. You know, you should do this because you're really good at this. I don't like mm-hmm. to do that, but you should do that. Well, I don't like to do that, but you really should do this. <laughs> don't you know God's giving you that talent so you should use it? I don't like to use that talent for this. Yeah. Okay. And so we give into that. And what so many people find is that they're living their life trying to please everybody else. I don't think that's a new story. Yeah. I think I, I can think, certainly relate to yeah. that. Yeah. And, and look, me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I've done that myself. So how do we get away from that? I think one of the things that we need to know is who am I and what am I doing here? Mm. What is it that God created me for? Now, that's one of the greatest challenges of all for any man, woman, or child is to understand God's purpose. Overarchingly, God's purpose for us, for my life, for your life, Craig, is to bring glory to his name. Mm. That's what he created us for. And by the way, he created us out of what? Loneliness? Uh, Because he was bored? No. He had this overwhelming love. And it's out of that love that he created us. Mm -hmm. Okay? So don't you think that a God who loved us so much that he made us to begin with and then made a way for us to get back to him when we screwed everything up, you know? Don't you think that he's he's wise enough and capable enough and loving enough and patient enough to help us and to, to find our purpose that he created us for before the foundations of the world were laid, Craig? Mm-hmm. God in his counsel, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit got together and said, let's talk about this Craig Cusick guy, <laughs> you know? And and they wrote a book, and on the title it said, Craig Cusick, Life and Times of Craig Cusick. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. The title is being workshopped. <laughs> yeah. Every day of our life was already written before the foundations of the world were ever laid and so God, in his perfect wisdom, you know, has created this life for us in such a way that knowing that you and I would be here on the 17th of January, 2023, yeah. when we really didn't know each other, you know, a week and a half ago, okay? I'd seen you in church, and yeah. I'm sure we said hi to each other, but right. we didn't really know each other. Yeah. So... I guess what I'm saying is we need to spend time. Father, show me. Who yeah. am I? How do you see me? Well, you know, uh, there are scriptures after scripture after scripture in the Bible that tell us what God thinks of us and how he sees us. We need to get into the word. Mm-hmm. need to get the word into us because once we understand how he sees us, it makes it a lot easier for us to understand what he created us for, the path, the specific mission that he created us for. And when we understand what our mission is, when something else comes along that looks good, smells good, tastes good, but it's not right on track, it's easier to say, you know, thank you. I'm honored that you would ask me to do that. But you know, I'm going to have to say no. Well, you've got the time. You really should. No, I appreciate that. But you know what? If, if I were to do that, 
which is a good thing. I might be taking over somebody else's God thing. Sure. I need to chase after my God thing, the, mm-hmm. the thing that God created me to do. Yeah. And it okay. all takes a, a solid relationship with God to, to recognize and know when it's a no or when it's a yes and to when you're yeah. feeling those pressures when and how to, to react mm-hmm. to them for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Um, so since, since we're talking about trying to feel kind of these pressures or how to remove them or what have you, um, I know I didn't quite prepare you for, for this question. This is kind of just something I thought of, but you know, do we feel pressure from God to do certain things, do you think? And, <laughs> and, and specifically towards singleness and marriage, yeah. you know, is, there, is there pressure from God or, to, to go down one of those certain paths, or is it all other external type yeah. pressures? Yeah, you know, I, I God is has uh, a perfect plan for each one of us, right? And um, I think when we are not on track with that, He allows us. That's the incredible thing about God; He allows us to to do things, to make our own decisions. Um, but what we find is, if we're off in the weeds someplace, we kind of wake up one morning and realize we're laying in the ditch, and kind of go, "How did I get here?" Mm-hmm. You know. And God is so good <laughs> to say, "Hey, John." Whew, over here, <laughs> let me help you out of the ditch. Yeah. Let me get you back on track. Yeah. So, you know, is it is it? Would you call that a pressure? I don't know that I do. I, I think there are times that God puts roadblocks in our pathways. I think he 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 does order our steps and directs our path. And sometimes sometimes that path takes a turn right to left, maybe goes up a hill or down the hill. And the the issue is, do we trust them? Do we trust him when we're walking that path, knowing full well that it's easy for me, if I'm not paying attention, to walk off the path? But then being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, I'm over here. You're off, you're off the path. Come on over here. Look, if you want to keep going that way, you can. Just know that you're going to get mucked up. You're going to be in the briars over there. You're going to get beat up a little bit. You know, I'll be there. I'll, 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 I'll get you out. But... I'm just telling you, you know, this is this is the best way over here, mm-hmm. and and so um, I guess I don't see that as pressure from God to do something, um, but I do think that He woos us, that He calls to us, and if we're listening, okay, if we're truly trying to do what He's asking us to do, then it doesn't feel like pressure at all, not okay. at all. So. Another kind of just off the cuff question, and then we can kind of, I love kind those, of wrap by the way. this up. Great, yeah, I yeah, know it's just kind of things I'm thinking about as you're talking. But we're just getting so, started. Man. I know, right? <laughs> I got all night. Oh, uh, so since we're talking about just again feeling different sorts of pressures from, and and a lot of these pressures we've kind of alluded to so far have been kind of more outside yeah. um, pressures, uh, mm-hmm, bosses, mm-hmm, friends, mm-hmm. Um, maybe strangers, things yeah. like that. But well, I'm diving into that oh, specifically okay. is like feeling different pressures from family specifically maybe you know I, we've my <laughs> wife and i have gone through this specifically about kids you know grandparents asking, oh, yeah. you know you guys are married now you have your dog you have your house when are you having kids yeah. when are you gonna have your second kid are you gonna have a third kid we want more grandkids say, all those kinds of things say, mom or, would you like you know, to rent some <laughs> <right>? <laughs> or or even you know is there a way that we sometimes catch ourselves Trying accidentally to, or pressuring yeah, our yeah. friends oh, yeah. to go down the same path we went you know oh I'm, yeah i'm a married man i'm happily married i love it um, but sometimes I'll catch myself and say, Hey, you know, friend of mine over there, I won't name any names, but friend of mine over there, when are you going to propose to your girlfriend? Like, hurry up, come on, get married already. You know? Yeah. So then we sometimes have to catch ourselves putting 
external pressures yeah. on others when maybe that's not the path God has for them. And so how do we kind of navigate those well, kinds of things, yeah. when it, especially when it's really close people, family or really close friends? Okay, so there's two sides of this coin. We as the pressure yeah, point, right. right, and the one being pressed. Uh, so, uh, you know, you bring up a good point. You know, and I think in, uh, embedded in that thought that you had was, it's not that we're intending to pressure somebody to do something or, you know, be just like me, you know. Uh, but I, I think, let's be honest, you know, those kind of comments is, hey, you know, when are you guys going to have a kid? Grandma yeah. and grandpa, we're right. waiting, you know. Yeah. Uh, when are you going to have kids? Um, you know, and for some people's paths, maybe getting married is yeah. the path, and yeah. maybe the path doesn't include kids. Yeah. You know, it's just and whatever really the, whatever those comments are, the the what occurs to me is those kinds of comments come from our own. I'm going to call it your own autobiography. Sure. Yeah, it's all about me, and I want you to be like me. I want you to make me happy, (laughs) you know. But I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you. I'm just going to ask you about it, okay? Over and over. So, yeah, over and over. Yes, because everybody knows the dripping faucet, right? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking if we and and this this is this is great conversation that that young couples need to have with their parents before they get married. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but parents, you know, family members, friends, whoever they are, whatever that conversation happens to be about, we need to understand. We need to step back and go, wait a second. Um, if somebody asked me that question, how would I feel? Would I feel pressured? Oh, no, I wouldn't feel pressured. Uh, well, okay, well, maybe you wouldn't, but maybe you're not everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe other people might. At least consider why the question. Why do you feel the need to ask those kinds of questions or to offer advice that wasn't asked for? Right. So I, I think we need to do a gut check and a heart check ourselves, okay, and realize oftentimes it's because, uh, you know, we really do think the world revolves around us, <laughs> and I want you to make me happy. Now, for the one being pressured, you know, this, 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 you know. And, well, just to oh, okay, put a pause on that quick. And a lot of times it's not necessarily coming from a place of, you know, intentionally trying to pressure no, someone never, or hurt me. It's, it's, usually, is. it's usually from like a, a place of like goodness. Yeah, in our absolutely. Heart, right? Yes, absolutely. And what I'm saying is we're clues because we come in with good intent. Yeah. You know, we are clueless to the impact of our behavior. And how the intent you know, could be taken exactly, yeah. and, and and you know I'm, I agree wholeheartedly. Probably ninety ninety five percent of the time, it's it's all good intent and mm. her, heartfelt feelings of love and, and so forth, yeah. but clueless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So go back to, to yeah. The other side of the so coin. on the other side of the coin, uh, to recognize you know if if somebody asks that question and you feel like you have to somehow meet that expectation. Let's go back to the you know, what I was saying earlier. Sometimes you need to be able to say, you know, I, I appreciate that you love me. I appreciate you care about me. I appreciate you want the best for me. And I am working to listen to God. I want to hear God's best. Yeah. And I want, I, I want what God wants. And I know that you want what God wants for me as well. So, you know, thanks for the question. I don't know when if I'm going to get married. I don't know when I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to have a kid. I don't know when I'm going to have a kid. I don't know when I'm going to take that promotion. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm going to pray 
hear God's voice and obey. What did we hear that before? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think maybe five times earlier. Maybe so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay to say no. I love you, Mom, Dad, but I have to say no. You know, not because I don't love you, not because I don't honor and respect you. It's because I feel God's called me to something else. Yeah, sure. Wow. That's a good way to end it for sure. <laughs> to end at least that kind of portion of our conversation, you know, just follow where God is is gonna gonna mm-hmm, lead us mm-hmm. and and feel confident in that. Absolutely. Sure. Um so just at the end here, I wanna give you a chance to since it's starting up uh next week, if you're listening to this, you know, within the month of, of January or early February. Um, this is a little time sensitive portion yep, of this yep. episode, but um I wanna have you you know, just give the the listeners, specifically those in college and high school age, um, to to hear a little bit more, maybe sure. about your uh, life course that you and your wife Debbie are teaching. Um, called called again, of how to avoid falling for a jerk or jerk at as you as you um, maybe yeah. You, you we refer it, to um, it as we refer to it as the jerk course. Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so a little bit of history about the course to begin with. Uh, we first became associated with it. I want to say 17 years ago. Wow. And uh, we got certified to teach it. And um, and, and honestly, uh, we kind of thought this would be something perfect for high school, college age. And the first time we offered it in the community, um, I think the uh, the youngest person in the group was in the early 30s. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Wow. And we had folks in there. We just we did one here at church last year. And we had folks in there, literally in their fifties. Wow. So we had this from the from the late twenties. Actually, we did have we had one young person in there, so late teens, uh, in, into the fifties. I mean, this really is for everybody. But we're yeah. kind of focusing this the uh, this particular go uh, for high school and college uh, in that age group because that that's such a confusing time anyway. Yeah. But the course is pretty simple. Again, powerful, though, um, in, in the concepts that we teach. Um, I mean, it's, it's good science, quite frankly. Sure. Um, but um, it's uh, five nights. I think we're going to try to keep it to an hour and a half. And, um, you know, we, we it's, it's fun, and it can be very interactive. And we're going to be open to any questions that folks want to ask. But the curriculum, it, here, here's, here's the deal. If I were to ask you, if I were just to say the word zebra, what pops up into your mind's eye? Zero? Zebra. Oh, zebra. Yeah. Um, White and black striped animal in Africa. Boom. Have you ever actually seen a zebra other than on TV or pictures? No, not in person. Maybe at a zoo. So it may be, but you can't. So in the wild. So let me ask, if you saw one in the wild, would you recognize it? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Zebra, we know what a zebra is. By the way, that's how we learned our ABCs, right? Z for zebra. Mm, right. Every kid knows a zebra, yeah. even if they've never seen one. Yeah. But if you ask the word relationship, what do you see? A whole mess of different stuff. <laughs> you know, when it first thing that pumps to mind is maybe a friendship. Okay. You know, close friendship with uh, with a friend from childhood or something. And then... Maybe a girlfriend. And all of my relationships, you know, looking back, have all been fairly positive, you know, some negative ones. But, you know, I'm sure that's the point you're maybe getting at is, 
you know, zebra is one thing, and a relationship has a whole mess, a bunch of different stuff well, to, try to, to try to navigate through. I'm going to zero it down for you a little bit more by saying to try to answer your your uh, assumption there a little bit. Um, the the truth of the matter is, most of us have no idea what a relationship should look like. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We look around and go, "Hey, look! A lot of the a lot of the reasons that my wife and I have have what we believe to be a pretty healthy, solid marriage after forty six and a half years, uh, four kids, twelve grandkids, four great grandkids, and we, you know, I, I think we have a lot to offer. But the truth of the, of the matter is, when we got married, all we had to look at was the folks around us. Go, oh boy. I, I want like I don't want that kind of marriage, you know. Right, right. And ooh, hey, I did some things I like there, but you know, we really didn't have a good, clear understanding of what a healthy relationship looked like. Okay. And so, is there? And so, yes, when the... you get done with that course, you will have a very clear picture in your mind. Just like zebra, you will know this is what a healthy, safe relationship looks like, sure. and you'll be able to judge it. Now, here's the cool thing. You know, you can use this same material to apply to work relationships. Yeah, so that's what business I was gonna, relationships. That's what I was going to ask is absolutely. You know, there's, there's a big difference between you know, of course, a marriage is a form of a relationship. Absolutely, but it's, but it's yeah, its own kind of separate. You know, it's a unique, sacred thing, it, yes. really unique. Whereas <laughs> the term relationship then is like is an umbrella for yeah. so many different. Absolutely. Relationships, yeah. Well, <laughs> your, every you know, yeah. Relationships form the universe. Without relationship, nothing exists. Mm-hmm. Period. Dot. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, a, you know, what we're going to help folks to understand is what a safe, healthy relationship looks like, and how to know whether or not the one that you are in is safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you won't be blindsided and make some terrible mistakes that you're gonna regret later. Sure, awesome. So that's that's a little preview of the uh, how to avoid falling for a jerk at or jerk um, course that uh, John and his wife Debbie are gonna be teaching here um, coming up next month. Um, so John, I wanna with that thank you very much for. Um, joining me for this episode. Oh, it's been a kick. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you, listeners. Um, Just keep on listening. I hope uh, you're getting something out of it. I know I definitely am every single week, and I'm enjoying doing it. And if it reaches one of you and impacts one of you, then it's all worth it. So, (laughs) um, So, again, just please remember to keep listening as we dig into topics that go deeper than just a Sunday morning sermon. Um, For the Ignite Church Answers podcast, I am your host, Craig Cusick. And, John, at the end of each of the podcasts, I like to do what we do at Ignite Church, which awesome. is to say the mission statement, Encounter God, Impact the World. So I'm going to say the first part, and you're going to say the second part and take us on home. Ready? Encounter God. Impact the world. Amen. Thank you all very much. <laughs>